Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. When you're out on the sidewalk doing ministry at the local abortion center, there could be other pro-life groups out there that are maybe not with you. Some of those groups can be helpful. Some of those groups can be not so helpful. But we're going to talk about how to deal with that biblically. Stay tuned. I felt your passion. Touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. We're going to continue to do some training in this episode, and I think this will be less like uh, principles. Well, it'd be principles for training, but less of like, here's what you do, kind of like practical stuff, more relational Mm -hmm. stuff, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes. And really centered around relating to other pro-life groups, Mm -hmm. and in particular, out on the sidewalk. That's right. what we're talking about. That's typically the context which we're speaking to. And so um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that you know, there's there's a lot of abortion centers, just say right off bat, that, that don't have a Christian witness there. At all. At no all. one out on the sidewalk. Yeah. Right. However, there are a lot of abortion centers where there is some kind of Christian witness. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just people out there praying. Well, I don't mm-hmm. say just people out there praying because it's mm-hmm. important that people are out there praying. But right. maybe people out there that are praying – Maybe there's some other folks that are out there reaching out in some capacity or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in your city, wherever you're listening from, you're kind of brand new to this. And you showed up out there and it's like, how do you how do you relate to these other people? Because you have a call from the Lord to do ministry on the sidewalk. You really feel burdened to do it. But there's other groups out there that you're not necessarily associated with. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't feel called to be associated with them. Um, and so... How do you how do you deal with that? Maybe yeah. you've been out there for a long time. This is this is something that I've dealt with being out there for a long time, and new mm-hmm. folks come along, new groups come along, individuals come along that are not necessarily part of my group. How do I deal with that? Right. How do I view that situation? Uh, and I can just say from from my perspective, there's times when people have come out that are not necessarily again part of our group that rub me the wrong way. Yeah. That I don't really want being out there. Yeah. And or I'd even, say, in your opinion, do damage sometimes. Right? Could be. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I'll say, though, is is if folks do come along and it's just that I don't want them out there, mm-hmm. I got to check my own heart. That's right. for sure. Yeah. Um, because people that are not necessarily part of my group or whatever can still f- be called to be on the sidewalk. Yeah. Right. Just because I have a particular way of doing things and I'm part of love life. And someone else that comes along is not a part of love life doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're wrong and they shouldn't be out there. Right. So, you know, that's kind of one right. of our first. They have every right to be out there. Yeah. And that's kind of one of our first principles here. Right. You got to learn. Yeah. That sidewalk doesn't belong to you. Yeah. Much as you want it to. Yeah. At times. Oh, but it... man. <laughs> I'd love to just take ownership of it and say, you can't be here. You can be here. You can't. But, right, we'd be destroying our own right to be there if if we well, if so. we had that attitude. Then we are saying my First Amendment right counts, yours doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my call is important, but yours is not. Right, right. So I think we have to acknowledge first and foremost that uh, public property. Now, of course, if like we do own property next door to the abortion center, right here on Latrobe Drive, and we can say certain people can't be on there, certain people can. Um, we don't really, I mean, we don't let the pro-abort 
people on there, but we're not right. kind of divvying out you know, what what believers can be there, what you know pro life people can be there, unless you know they get out of line and stuff like that. Yeah. We can, but yeah. reality is, when we're at the abortion center and we're on the public sidewalk in front of the abortion center, it doesn't belong to us. Right, it is public property. Yeah. Although I will say, I would encourage you guys, um, if you believe really that the Lord has called you to this ministry, that you need to take ownership of that sidewalk mm-hmm. in the sense that. Um, it's not just who cares who's here. We should be concerned about who's there. If there are people there that are dishonoring the Lord, doing things that dishonor Jesus, then I think we need to have a concern. But at the end of the day, we can't run them off. That's right. But I do yeah. think that we can take authority over the atmosphere. Yeah. And so I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, one of our brothers in Southern California who reaches out at the Planned Parenthood there has been reaching out for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. There's been a group there, I think, for a couple of years, smaller group, but it's growing and it's growing, and God's doing some amazing things there. And so they're there consistently reaching out. And then this group, a couple of months ago, showed up, and they were kind of like, I don't know, like almost like Westboro Baptist Church people. I don't know if you know what that mm, is. I, I know that, that there's some issues with uh, maybe them being a little condemning. Well, not just that. They were actually coming against the sidewalk. So it wasn't just that they were being, you know, overly condemning or judgy or whatever. The people going into the abortion center, mm-hmm. I mean, they were calling them whores and things like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's not good. But even <laughs> not toward, in our book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even toward the uh, the Christians that were right. out there, yes, they were yeah. telling them that they're ungodly because right. they're not calling the women whores and all this other right. stuff. Right. In so front of in front of the abortion center, so they're doing yeah. it publicly. Yeah, correct. exactly. Yeah. So this is. That, that's a problem, right? It is a, it is a problem. Yeah, because and that, you're getting that's attacked kind of, from, from two angles. You know, if you're right. out there on the sidewalk and, you know, you got the women going in that you're trying to offer help and hope and they're cussing at you. And then yeah. you got these so-called, you know, Christians, the, whatever they were, some yeah. kind of church, air quotes, church. Right, right. And they're yelling at you, too. It's like, man, you're getting hit for all kinds of angles. Yeah. That's pretty rough yeah. to deal with. Right? Exactly. And that's that's why we're doing this podcast, because it, that's actually that might be a bit of an extreme, but it's not unusual. There are yeah. um, there are just always there is going to be tension. It's already a high tension place. Yeah. But when you get different, I, I think that the scripture, I keep thinking of the scripture where two or more are gathered in my name. Here's Jesus. Among, there's Jesus among you. There, Jesus is among us. And the fact that God even needs to say that makes you wonder, okay, so where two or three are gathered, just two or three, that's all that is mentioned, two or three gathered. It does make you wonder, um, is our society, is humanity just contentious? And and we, when we get together, we're often in conflict. We can't agree. You know, it's hard to find two or three that do agree (laughs) about anything. It can be. Yeah. So in that particular situation, uh, again, even though these people were not helpful on any level. Now, yeah. I, I do not come across or try to come across at all when a new group comes out or somebody that comes out that's not doing what I'm doing as somehow I got all the answers, I got it all figured out, and their way is wrong. Right. Even if people come out, I mean, I think we have a really good balance between grace and truth. Mm-hmm. We don't compromise the fact that abortion is murder. It is murder. But we're not out there yelling at the women, you're a murderer and stuff like that. Or a whore. Or you a whore or anything like that. that. So yeah. we're not we're not fluffing up the gospel. Right. We're not minimizing the sin of abortion. Um, but we're also approachable. We're kind. 
we are purposely gentle in our approach and that sort of thing, right? right. So I think right. we have a good balance. Yeah. But I do know that other people come out that are a little maybe softer than we are. And mm-hmm. okay, if that's what God's called them to do, as long as they're not compromising the gospel and they're not telling people abortions, you know, okay if you want to do that, but not okay if you don't. You know, if they're if they're just not justifying abortion and and they're in the vein of scripture, okay. Yeah. And if they're a little harsher than I would be, then okay. I mean, that's what God's called them to do. So I'm I'm not one to just show up and be on the sidewalk and say, well, they're wrong and they're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. But yeah. there are times when people just go way over the top. Yeah. And you want to distance yourselves from those people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important mm-hmm. that we do at some point. But at the end of the day, as much as you want to distance yourself from another group, like the group that I mentioned there in Southern California, um, you you literally can't run them off unless they're assaulting you or something. You can call mm-hmm. the police. And so what I encouraged our brother there to do, and this is kind of like maybe a little a little freebie here. It's not something that we in our trainings really teach, but I think it's something that, that the Lord used, certainly in that situation. I said, you know what, brother, if these people want do what they're supposed to do, if they want to stop being a hindrance to what you're doing, what you need to do is just take authority over the atmosphere. Set up a speaker. Mm-hmm. Pray worship music, play worship music on that speaker and take authority over the atmosphere. Mm. It belongs to you because you belong to Jesus and people that are coming along that are bringing uh, problems and and a hindrance to that. God can run them off. Mm -hmm. You just take authority over the atmosphere there. You got a speaker at the end of the day. You can be louder than them if you've got a speaker, too. But also, if they're being demons... Let's worship Jesus, and he'll drive the demons away. So that's that's a, a little kind of extra to what we normally teach, but I think the Lord certainly – and, and, and in that situation, it worked. It worked. Yeah. So my, my first thought was, well, could they have gone and gotten their louder speaker? They could have. Okay, but they didn't. They didn't. Not yet. No, they left. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not yet. And they hadn't been back for several weeks. <laughs> okay, so. well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So so you you've you've made the case. Yes, yeah. indeed. There is going to be conflict even with very well-meaning, very sincere pro-life and all yeah. on the same page in terms of pro-life. They may not necessarily be Christian. There yeah. are some, not many, but there are some pro-life groups that are not Christians. Sure. They just they just believe that that baby is worthy of protection. Yeah, like secular human right. rights right. people yeah. that apply yeah. abortion to secular yeah. human rights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't encountered that really yeah. on the sidewalk. Maybe it's like that in some other areas or something. Yeah. Um, mostly, I think what we encounter, what I've encountered, is just individuals that kind of have their own agenda as far as people that cause problems and that right. sort of thing. Right. But kind of in the vein of talking about kind of the differences and the different ministries that can happen at an abortion center. Mm-hmm. As I prayed about this and thought about this over the years in my experience, I've really kind of come to believe that, and this is, again, in the vein of what's helpful out there. There's some things that happen that are not helpful. Right. People that, you know, again, they're screaming ridiculous things and all of that. But of what I've seen that, that's helpful, that I think honors the Lord, there's kind of two veins of of people, mm-hmm. of groups that are out right, there, right? And so this is the way I view it. And I, I could be wrong about this, but I think I'm I'm correct. I think mm-hmm. this is a, a way to look at it. And those two groups that I see is you have the prophetic group, mm-hmm. and the term could be something different, but I, I think prophetic, maybe along the lines of like street preachers, that sort of thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, I am a street preacher, kind of in my early walk with the Lord. 
did some street preaching, a lot of street preaching. I love doing that. Don't disparage that. Praise God. God d- does that. Jesus was a street preacher. So was John the Baptist. Many of the men that we look at in the history of the church were street preachers, the Wesleys and uh, George Whitfield, those guys. So I'm thinking so along by, that vein. by prophetic, just because I know when well, I was a brand new Christian, I really didn't understand. I do know now what you mean by that. Yeah. But what do you mean by that? When what so, it, Define it. What I don't mean by that is somebody that's, you know, foretelling the future. Right, People think right. about prophetic as you that's know, what giving I thought. a prophecy. Yes. That's, that's yeah. not what I mean. Yeah. What I do mean is someone that's just there to, the way I say it, to deliver God's mail. Okay. That's what the prophet does. He yeah. delivers the mail. Yeah. He's got a job to do, and that's just to come and deliver the mail, and he could care less. He'll take the mail, mm-hmm. and this is the analogy, of course, mm-hmm. and dump it on your doorstep mm-hmm. and leave. And whether you open the mail or not, it's not his not his interest. Right. His interest is to deliver God's mail mm-hmm. and you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the prophetic. That's kind of like they just show up and they just do their thing and they just broadcast the truth. And this can, I'm not talking necessarily like aggressive or anything like that. It can be a little maybe viewed as a little more aggressive than maybe we would want to be. Uh, but they're just there to deliver the truth. Yeah, I would, I would add, and maybe I'm wrong about this, that oftentimes that truth is convicting truth. It's oftentimes yeah. not the easier truths like God loves you so much. It's right. sometimes God loves you so much that he expects you to do what he yeah. says for, he for you, you to so do. He loves you so much he wants you to repent uh, so right. you don't burn in hell. Right, right. I mean, so it's, it, is often, it is often probably a, a strong message because yeah. it's a convicting yeah. message. I would say uh, it's confrontational. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, exactly. And it's it's uh, purposefully confrontational. Right. Now, I right. would say anytime – Light shows up to darkness, right? It's confrontational. So, yeah. no matter how nice you are, how non confrontational you are, if you come to an abortion center as a believer in Jesus, you're in confrontation. Yes. But you're not purposely in confrontation. I will say those who come in this kind of prophetic vein are coming with purposely to be confrontational. They want to confront right. evil with the truth. And again, they're just there to deliver the mail and not really interested in, but I don't say they're not interested in that they don't care. They certainly do want people to come to know the Lord. Yeah. At least the people I know that are in this vein. Yeah. Um, but they're not helping you open the mail. They're not, they're not helping you read it and figure out what's inside of it. They're just yeah. there to deliver the mail. And listen, I ha- God honors that. I have seen, yeah. again, for lack of a better term, the street preacher types show up, mm-hmm. preach. Mm-hmm. Not they're not doing sidewalk counseling. They're not doing mm-hmm. you know really. I mean, they might be handing out literature or something like that. But for the most part, they're just preaching. Yep. And God uses that. Yeah. And babies have been saved. Mm-hmm. I've had people contact me that knew of a mom that chose life for her baby because someone was out on a speaker just preaching. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that mom fell under conviction and chose life for her baby. I, I'm sure that's happened thousands of times. Right. It was a street preacher who convicted the person who led me to the Lord. Um, that was how he came to the yeah. Lord. So, yeah, they 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 often do have great uh, results. Yeah, I don't know often, but they but like you said, it's not the results that they're after. It's the convicting message that yeah. they are just, compelled, like Jeremiah. Yeah, 
The, I think of Jeremiah was, you know, the, he was rejected. The people didn't even listen. He saw no through fruit for his entire ministry of yeah. 40 years, but he faithfully delivered the mail. He yeah. faithfully preached God's very kind of harsh message to yeah. a very rebellious people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of the groups yeah. that we see out at this. And, and I've seen them too, and we have them. We have them locally. Yeah. And- yeah. Again, I want to try to impart to you guys that are listening um, a heart that I think is a, is is the heart of God, mm-hmm. which is that um, even though people aren't doing and saying exactly what we're doing and saying, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. Right. We need to view things from a scriptural perspective yeah. because yeah. one of the things that can happen, if you're kind of in the vein that we are, which I'm going to touch on in just a minute, which is, I think, more evangelistic, and I don't mean to imply that... The prophetic type doesn't evangelize, they do. But if we're along this vein doing sidewalk counseling and someone comes along, the street preacher type, and they're preaching, we can immediately get offended and want to try to just get rid of them and and get them away from us. We don't want to be associated with that. And if we're honest about that, if we're honest about why we don't want to be associated with that, and we look at the scripture and see that, okay, Jesus confronted pretty forthrightly, Jesus, uh, John the Baptist, I mean, Jesus said, of men, born of men, there's no one greater than this guy, John the Baptist. And that guy certainly preached a prophetic message of repentance, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times our our American Christian sensitivities are offended rather right. than um, than the Lord, right? Yeah. So if yeah. we're going to be offended at something, yeah. we need to be offended along the lines of the Scripture, not along the lines of our Christian sensitivities. And if we're right. honest, we don't want to be associated with that because we don't want the world to look at us bad. Right. We don't want the world to look at us as judgy or condemning or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so in reality, we're more concerned about the way that we look than what the Bible says. Yeah, so it boils down to a pride issue. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. Now, all of that to say mm-hmm. that there are you know, street preacher types that show up and that, just like I described, are not honoring the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we certainly don't want to be associated with that kind of garbage yeah. where you know, they're calling women whores and they're whatever the other over the top. Just you look at it and, you know, this is carnal. This comes from the flesh. Mm-hmm. This is not no, motivated by the spirit of God. This is not just people trying to confront evil. This is people trying to probably confront the own evil they feel in their own heart. So they yeah. judge and condemn other people's because that's the same yeah. stuff they got going on in their own lives. Yeah. could be. So. I just say that we need to look at what the Bible says. Look at how the Scripture addresses these things. Look at how look at the examples we have in Scripture, mm-hmm. and judge based on that. Mm-hmm. Right. So just because someone's a little harsher or a little softer than we are doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. Yeah. They're doing what the best they can with the information they have to serve God. Same thing we're doing, best yeah. we can with the information we have to serve God and, and honor and obey Him. Yeah, one of the things I thought of while I was thinking about this topic was that I believe I am called by God to be there. But it's not like God is surprised that all these other people yeah. are there that maybe have very different approaches than I do. Yeah. He could remove them if He wanted to. And if He hasn't, perhaps there's a God-ordained reason that they're there that yeah. I may not know. Yeah, I may never absolutely. know. So, yeah, I, I do think examining your own heart as as you look at these other groups out there is really one of the 
first things you need to do. Yeah. If you're feeling anger or I just want to get rid of them, really look deep inside yourself first. Yeah. And, yeah, and bring and, it before the Lord. Like, right. Lord, is there something up with my heart? Yeah. Rather yeah. than just, well, they're not doing what I'm doing, so therefore they're wrong and they right. need to leave. Right. So, so, but you, so you started with there's the prophetic voice yeah. and that uh, we, we might find that more grating on our nerves because we tend to locally at least train our people with what you describe as a more evangelistic voice. So yeah. what, do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, and what I mean by that, again, is not that the prophetic folks aren't bringing the gospel and not, aren't evangelizing. They are. Right, right. Right? What I really mean by that is I look at the, the prophet, I look at John the Baptist mm-hmm. as far as the prophetic, mm-hmm. and I look as evangelistic, I look at Philip the Evangelist. Okay. And uh, Philip the Evangelist, and this is in Acts, and uh, it was Acts chapter 8. Okay. And Philip the Evangelist, is you know, he's, God has used him in Samaria, and the gospel's preached there. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, he's, uh, this is in, it's around Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes up from Jerusalem to Gaza. Uh, This is desert. So he's in a desert area. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, this is verse 27 in Acts chapter 8, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come up to Jerusalem to worship. And so I'll sum up the story. He's traveling in his chariot. Mm-hmm. And he had gone to Jerusalem. And he was headed back, apparently, to Ethiopia, or he, he was headed to Jerusalem. Either way, and Philip, prompted by the Holy Spirit, goes alongside his chariot mm-hmm. and finds that he's reading the scroll of Isaiah. And he's reading. He was a sh- he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearers is silent. This is in Acts chapter eight, verse thirty-two. Um, so he opened on his mouth. He was in humiliation. Uh, in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And so this is what this Ethiopian unit was reading. Philip asked him, hey, man, you know what you're reading? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. He's like, how can I know unless somebody, unless somebody tells me? And so Philip yeah. kind of jumps up in the chariot with him and shares with him really what God's saying and talks about Jesus and and shares with him this scripture that you're reading is talking about the Messiah, is talking about Jesus. And so what is he doing there? Again, like John the Baptist, he's just delivering the mail. He dumps it on your doorstep. If you open it, that's between you and God. Philip the Evangelist, he's actually hopping up in the chariot with the Ethiopian, helping him open the mail, showing him after he opens the mail how to read the mail, and then explaining what he's reading. He's right? very so he's, relational, isn't he? It's, he it's he gets and ministry. sits next to him. He and asks questions, looks for the opportunity, finds seizes upon the opportunity, then builds this relationship and is willing to get in the chariot with him and and share truth. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately he baptizes the guy. Yeah. And uh, the guy comes to the Lord and he baptizes him. So kind of what I convey, what I want to convey in those two things is that relational nature mm-hmm. that the the evangelist, or I'd say in this analogy, the sidewalk counselor, is helping them open the mails, want to have a conversation yeah. Yeah. with that mom that's going yeah. into the abortion center and break down the information. Yeah. And it might be, I mean, I've seen these situations really play out where you've got 
the prophetic voice, maybe on the microphone or from the sidewalk or whatever, is heralding the message. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a sidewalk counselor over there, and the woman, maybe she doesn't want to go and talk to the guy who's who's on the microphone or whatever, but comes over and talks to the sidewalk counselor. And I've been able personally to springboard off of you. Do you know why he's saying what he's saying? Yeah. I don't need to disparage that guy and say, right. well, I'm not with that guy. He's a little too loud. Talk to me because I'm nice and sweet. Yeah. I don't need to disparage that guy. Yeah. All I need to do is say, hey, do you hear what the guy's saying? Like, exactly. So why, it's, it's do you a. you want to know why he's talking? Yeah. Like so talking? it's a great relationship between these two different forces out on, on the sidewalk in, in that example you gave. Yeah. Because really one is convicting a heart. We know God is convicting, but he's using that prophetic voice to convict that woman's heart. And then the woman is drawn to actually speak with and, and dive a little further into the option of life with the more yeah. softer evangelistic approach yeah. and the relational approach. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a beautiful way to look at it because I, th- I think you had mentioned that you had a scripture, though, that that talks about um, how we can um, work together in, and be, be in agreement yeah. and build. Well, again, of course, this is along the lines of those who actually belong to Jesus. De- so there's going to be a problem definitely. if those if you're dealing with people that are not born of that's God. Right. That's right. And there's, you know, contention around even the gospel. That's, which that's which you will also uh, you will face that and we actually talk about that a little bit later on in, yeah. in hopefully what we get to, but Yeah, from time to time you may face that, but yeah. if you've got these two ministries going on, they can work hand in hand together, the prophetic yeah. and the evangelistic ministry. There just has to be an understanding of kind of each other's roles and has to be in a, it has to be a mutual respect for each other. There does and I really like how you laid out those two groups because what what I was even thinking while you were talking was how even I who have been out there a long time do tend to get a little territorial when yeah. a different voice comes out there but what you just laid out was an understanding of the intent Behind those two different voices, and that alone gives more understanding so that I'm more able to then say, oh, well, I kind of get where they're going and why they're doing that. And it makes it, I don't know, easier for me to accept that they should be out there. Yeah. That's okay that they're out there. Well, one of the things I say in our trainings is when we're talking about relating to other pro-life groups and other people that are out there is you can yeah. honor people's efforts without agreeing with their methods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, there's all kinds of methods to do all kinds of things. You talk mm-hmm. about sharing the gospel, for example. Yeah. Now, I think there's a good, solid biblical method of sharing the gospel. I think mm-hmm. Ray Comfort's message, I think it's that. Yeah, right? I love That's that. why we use right. it. Right, right. But there's other methods like yeah. the Romans Road mm-hmm. and uh, excellence in evangelism and other things that are out there mm-hmm. that God uses to to bring people to him. Yeah. I'm not going to disparage those methods. I may not use those methods. I may have some issues with those methods. Um. But at the end of the day, I'm just like Paul. I think it was in Philippians where Paul says, I'm, just, I'm rejoicing. Even if people share the gospel, to try to disparage what I'm doing. Right. I'm just happy the gospel's being it's shared. Gospel so we need to have a, an attitude of we're, we're happy that people are out there. Yeah. And if we don't like their methods necessarily, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean their methods are wrong because you don't like them. Right. But you can still honor their efforts. Listen, I know people who I would, I would, I would not be doing things like they're doing them. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're committed, mm-hmm. and maybe some some of them should be committed to a local <laughs> institution. <laughs> but I can still, I mean, there's a guy, and I think we've mentioned him on the podcast, who used times. to come out here to Charlotte, who, uh-huh. you know, I would I would tell people, I mean, this guy was committed. He would be there the first guy in the morning to be there, and uh, faithfully there, rain, sleet, snow, hail, he, he's there, right? Now, 
he didn't necessarily give the greatest message. He was uh-huh. pretty pretty rotten to the people going in, sometimes rotten to our people, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the dude was committed, and even though he would be one of those that I was, you know, thankfully he's not been out there, and we've kind of prayed him away, and I'm glad for that. Yeah. But yet still, I would honor his efforts. Even if I completely disagree with his methods, I would still right. honor his efforts because when the guy – he doesn't know God. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. He's not born again, though he does mm-hmm. use some scripture and whatever. He just doesn't know the Lord. I would say he still, he puts some Christians, people that do know the Lord, to shame out of his commitment. Now, I would right. say that he's committed and probably needs to be committed to a mental institution. <laughs> but either way, the guy was committed. So you can honor people's efforts without agreeing with their methods. And it comes, it really helps your heart to come from that perspective of, of honor. But I want to read real quick. And this is from Romans chapter 12. I'll read this passage, and then there's some others um, that I think have to do with this. And when we talk about – this is talking about people that actually know the Lord and really centered around the gospel. And this is Paul in Romans chapter 12. He says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, Mm. but to think soberly. So let's not think just because we have a particular method and way of doing things Mm -hmm. that our method is better than others. Just because God has called us to something doesn't mean he's called us to something better. Sometimes that could be the case, but we need to come from a perspective of humility and know that we're no better than anyone else. We're just called to a particular particular, um, area of ministry. So not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. We're more Christian than they are. We're more loving than they are, whatever it might be. Yeah. It says, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Um. For as we have many members in one body, not all the members do the same thing or do the mm-hmm. same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering or he who teaches and teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives in liberality, he who leads with diligence, he shows mercy with cheerfulness. So it's talking about these different facets of ministry and how these different facets of ministry can work together in the body of Christ right. to bring glory to Jesus. Yeah. And so we got to come from that perspective. Yeah. Um, of course, remembering, and I think we've said this through the whole thing, that there are people that are going to come out on the sidewalk, pro-life people that are not helpful. Yeah, And there's going to be times that you're going to have to address those other groups. Yeah, and sometimes there are things like literally they cause so much anger towards us that we're endangered yeah. by it, that it, it people want to come beat us up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you know that that has to be addressed, and there is time and place yeah. for addressing – yeah. Differences that you can't avoid. There will be differences that sometimes you absolutely do need to at some point address. But yeah. in front of the abortion center, is that the best place to? to well, be I would say that? typically it's not the best place. Yeah, especially if we're going to be arguing methodology. Now, I do okay. think that there are conversations between the you know again the prophetic and the evangelistic folks that are centered around the gospel. But there are still times where those those two groups need to have conversations right. and need to say, hey, man, this is not helpful. Um, what you're doing and kind of lay out a case, lay it out biblically. I've had those conversations. I've had those conversations. People have had those conversations with me. 
But again, out in front of the abortion center, it's not the best place to do it. If you think about it, from the perspective of a woman going into the abortion center, Mm -hmm. she's looking out on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And we might think there's two, three, four, five groups, uh, different groups of people out there. We kind of look at it maybe in that way. We We know who they are for sure. We've got our (laughs) different T-shirts on or whatever. Yeah. But that woman looking from that perspective over on the sidewalk, if we're fighting among ourselves, she doesn't see several different groups. She sees one group of people. And she sees that group of people arguing and fighting. Right. And so what are we conveying to her? Yeah. We're, we're basically saying we are filled with chaos, hatred, anger, crisis. Same as you, yeah. honey. Come on, join yeah. us. We got we yeah. got nothing more to offer her than <laughs> right. what she's already got going on in her life. That's chaos, right. confusion, fighting, striving, right. all that stuff. Right. So we, that's why I think we need to be careful if we're going to talk about methodology and we're going to set people straight. And again, I think there are times where we need to set people straight. Yeah. I think it's best to do it away from the sidewalk, maybe coffee, maybe have breakfast, maybe have lunch, or if nothing else, step over across the street or or down the road a little bit or something like that and have that conversation so you're not fighting among yourselves out on the sidewalk in front of the abortion center. Yeah, your witness That doesn't honor God. That's right. And your witness before the the women that you want to come talk with you is one of calm, peace, all the things that she is not experiencing because we've been told so many times that's what draws them yeah. over to us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I think there is in the scripture mm-hmm. a model that we use and that we should use when we encounter situations that, that need to be addressed. Yeah. And I believe that's found in Matthew chapter 18. Right. In verse 15, and, you know, you could say, you can get real particular with this and say, well, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's really talking about a church context, in the church context, because he does talk about the church um, later on in this passage. Yeah. And I think you could you could be right about that, that mm-hmm. there is a context that Jesus is talking to. He's talking in particular about the local church and using the church structure to address sin in people. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a general principle here that yeah. can be applied even to sidewalk ministry and any other kind of ministry and just can be replied relationally or be applied relationally in in your interactions with brothers and sisters in the Lord that may not necessarily be in your local church. Yeah, our, our pastor made the point this, uh, this past Sunday, which struck me, that if you look at Matthew 18 in a red-letter Bible, it's almost all red. Yeah. There's like two portions, very brief scripture that's black. Yeah. And those are both Jesus asking questions. Or actually, it wasn't Jesus. It, it was um, the the black uh, uh, portion of text are, are people asking questions, and then Jesus is responding. And the whole chapter is in red yeah. because it's Jesus responding. And his response throughout chapter 18 is relational. It yeah. all has to do with human beings relating to one another because it's such a source of conflict yeah. so frequently. And Jesus yeah. addresses that very specifically throughout that chapter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, mm-hmm. it says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got an issue... I think the application on the sidewalk is you, you got an issue with another brother in the Lord that needs to be addressed, then address it between you and them. Right. Don't get on your microphone and, and preach it to everybody else. Yeah. Don't yell it out across the parking lot or across the driveway or whatever. Go and address it between you and them. Don't argue it out there on the sidewalk back and forth. Take them after, maybe after 
ministry is over for the day, say, hey, brother, I need to talk to you about something. Yeah. Or shoot yeah. them a text. Hey, I got I got something I need to talk to you about. Are you available for coffee or can we meet yeah. a little earlier? Yeah, don't maybe. gossip about that person with yeah. others, which I think is um, we all maybe have the tendency to do that. Yeah. Or g- sometimes we'll couch it by, hey, I, I really need prayer. Yeah, and I need then prayer we'll, for then this. We'll, and then you start we'll gossiping. Go, go spill uh, all the dirt about this yeah. other human being. Now, but, I think obviously this especially applies to people that are in the ministry you're in. So right. Love Life, for example, our local yeah. volunteers, we tell our local volunteers, if you got a problem with another volunteer, yeah. do not bring it to us yeah. at all. Yeah. We don't want to hear that problem right. until you've addressed it with them. After you've addressed right. it with them and you've dealt with it between you and them and there's been no change, yeah. then it kind of can be escalated to right. know, talking to us and then we'll, we'll address it. With you and them. Which is what Matthew 18 goes on to tell us in the, exactly, in the ongoing yeah. verses. So we're trying to approach any kind of conflict through yeah. a biblical uh, resolution, the way yeah, Jesus this is, would this have is, us. This is a biblical um, method mm-hmm. of reconciliation, yep. how to reconcile with somebody. Yeah, yeah. And so rather than gossiping about them, mm-hmm. rather than giving it as a prayer request on Facebook, right. you know. right. You address it between you and them. Yes. Now he does say if they if he says if you hear or if he hears you, mm-hmm. you have gained your brother. Mm-hmm. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more. So there's when you kind of escalate it to the mm-hmm. next level. Let's take one or two more people. Uh-huh. And I think the point here is that if you can't find one or two more people that agree with you, then maybe you're the one that's in the wrong. Right. Now, now let me ask you because I may be remembering this wrong. Does it say one or two more witnesses? Oh, no, it just says take one or two more with you uh, okay. by the mouth okay. of— Okay, so they don't you know, need He does to... say by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So, so I'm ju- I was just wondering—I've read that many times, and I was just wondering, does that mean it should be someone who has seen the same thing so that you're, you're not just gathering a posse <laughs> yeah. against someone, but you actually have people who, who can agree with you because they've seen it themselves? Yeah. I mean, I think it could mean that. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that it has to mean that. Okay. I think more the two or three witnesses is applied to when you go and confront this person again, you've got witnesses to that confrontation. I see. Okay. Uh, but it could mean someone else who's been a party to this behavior. It c- could mean yeah. that. I think that might be the best. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it necessarily has to be. Okay. And, and, of course, I guess that can be open for other people's interpretation. Um, but in my mind, the way that this would play out, in particular in our context, is if there's someone that's out there that's saying and doing things that don't honor the Lord, I'm going to address them myself if I Mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't listen, if there's no change, then I'll probably go and bring another brother with me Mm -hmm. who I might even go and get my pastor Mm -hmm. and we talk to him. And then if it doesn't change then, I think you are in this context pretty limited Mm -hmm. because it goes on to talk about bringing it before the church. Like if they don't listen, then you bring it before the church. And basically you treat that person like an unbeliever. Right. We can only take this application of the scripture so far in mm-hmm. the context that we're talking to, because we're not in the context of local church and we can't right. say that person's no longer a part of this church. You know, you can't do that yeah. because no. after all, we're, we're talking mostly about people that are not a part of the ministry that you're involved in anyway. Right. Now I do think if they're a part of the ministry you're involved in, if they're a part of love life mm-hmm. and they're not listening to you and they're not listening to another person that's part of love life. There's obviously a conversation that needs to be had about kicking that person out because yeah. they're not abiding by our code of conduct, right. which is in place for this very reason. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
But I do think, again, not, not that there's a direct application of this scripture in every way, but I think there's a general principle that if you've got an issue with someone, you need to address it between you and them. And then if they don't listen, then you need to take someone else with you. Yeah. And hopefully, and I've seen this play out, that there's some resolve here. There's some, right. at least some agreement here. Yeah. Yeah. And a well, mutual understanding that we're out here to honor the Lord. That's right. why we're there. And that's how it ends in in verse 17, where it says, for where to, uh, let's see, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. So that's the positive kind of carrot at at the end of, of doing a biblical approach to reconciliation is we not only honor God, but there he is right with us in the midst of a really important ministry. He's yeah. standing right next to us. Yeah. The overarching theme of any of this mm-hmm. is that we want to honor Jesus. Right. We want to honor Jesus, and that should be our motivation. Yeah. And there's a scripture, it goes on in that Romans 12 is actually a good uh, chapter on unity. Mm-hmm. In Romans twelve eighteen, as it talks about unity, you know, he just talked about the body of Christ and these different parts of the body of Christ working together. Right. And in verse 18, he says, if it is possible... As much as depends on you, mm-hmm. live peaceably with all men. Mm. So from our standpoint, as believers in Jesus, as those who want to honor the Lord, in as much as we are able to, let's be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. We're not out there just to be contentious, and we're not out there just to push our way and our methodology. Our motivation should be to honor the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's going to take us swallowing our pride. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to take us allowing things or or being subjected to things we don't necessarily like, like methodologies that we don't agree with or whatever. Yeah. We're just going to have to suck it up mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. If there's a way to, to get people that are genuinely not honoring the Lord off the sidewalk, then okay. I think you, you put it to prayer, you put it in the Lord's hands and all of that. You take authority over the atmosphere. But again, just because they're not doing things like you doesn't necessarily mean they're dishonoring the Lord. Right. They may just be dishonoring your sensitivities. Right. And if you can live peaceably with them, um, what a witness that is for the people who so desperately need to know the Lord who don't. Most of the pro-choice people out there. Yeah. uh, Certainly many, if not all of the women going into a board. So our witness is harmed when we're fighting and when we even despite so many differences can come together peacefully for a the same purpose uh, that is a it truly does point others yeah. to God it makes them desire to know him better yeah and that's uh, as we wrap this thing up mm-hmm. what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 17 right when Jesus is praying and that's one of our goals as love life is that we want to see John 17 unity Mm-hmm. As Jesus says, Father, I pray that they may be one as you yeah. and I are one, yeah. that the world may believe that you sent me. Exactly. So our oneness, our, our unity in the body of Christ with all of our different methodologies and, and do- denominations and all that stuff, when we come together around the glory of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. as much as we might disagree on certain points, mm-hmm. we can be unified around really the heart of God mm-hmm. and around the person of Jesus Christ, and that brings glory to him. And yeah. it's evangelism that, right. that they might believe. Mm-hmm. And so in as much, guys, as you're listening, in as much as it depends on you, as the scripture says, 
strive for unity. Live at peace with all men. And uh, and I believe God will honor that. And so um, I think we're going to wrap this podcast yeah, up. That was, a, that was a really wonderful message, I think, because it's uh, it's just such a constant issue. Yeah. And to look at it from the perspective of this is yet another opportunity to evangelize a, yeah. a hurting world is yeah. through how we respond to people that we don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. 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 I agree. Well, guys, I appreciate you listening. I hope that this was a blessing to you. I hope it was an encouragement to you. And as always, I encourage you guys to reach out to us. Reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. Uh, reach out to her, Vicky at lovelife.org. We'd love to answer any questions that you have as best we can. We're pretty busy these days, but we would love to respond to you guys. If you have any questions, if you've got any ideas for future podcasts that would be a blessing to you, we'd love to hear those ideas. And uh, please do share this podcast. Let other folks know the things that you've learned from this podcast and how it's been a blessing to you. And send them over a link so they can listen to. It's always good to know that folks are listening in and sharing what we're doing. And uh, with that, we'll see you guys later. God bless. God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. But nothing's too Precious since I met you